0: In podcast land, you've you set your down once again to combat sports with Rhino, as we love to call it around here. CSWR episode 42. Holy smokes! Today, before I get into anything, I am not going to bury the lead. Our guest today for 10 rounds with Rhino, Mr. Highlight himself, Andre Ewell, UFC Bantamweight, future contender. This guy was awesome. I can't wait for you guys to hear. It. But before we get into that, we got lots of business to attend to first. So today's schedule is as follows. This episode we're going to be covering, uh, just quickly, the three-fight main card from Bellator Milan. Then we're going to get our huge breakdown over the uh, pay-per-view last night, UFC 253 from top to bottom. We're going to have Drea's drop of the night. we got some great Twitter and voice questions from the Rhino gang today. Gang, gang. (laughs) We have our fight night for uh, next week's picks, uh, Home versus Aldana, our main card picks. Then, again, UFC Bantamweight, fresh off his win last weekend in Las Vegas. Mr. Highlight or you will, will go 10 rounds with yours, truly the Rhino. So let's get our swim trunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. So real quickly, just the uh, Bellator, Bellator had a card um, yesterday from Milan, Italy. There was a long prelims. I, I didn't hardly even catch those. Uh, but I wanted to make sure I watched the three-fight main card, which were all 185ers, because it actually does count or mean something as far as uh, – they middleweight division. So first, we had Will Flurry beat uh, Kent, oh, man, uh, Kent, K. we're going to call him so I don't butcher his last name, won by unanimous decision. Uh, then the tough Brit, Mike Shipman, uh, beat Petro Panini, by also by unanimous decision. And then Fabian Edwards, man, undefeated coming in, lost a close split decision to Costello Van Steenis, which was not the most exciting fight in the world, but – you know, anytime someone o has their O-go, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, Fabian, I found out, does not have a lot of fans over there in the uh, middleweight division. A lot of guys were saying some pretty gnarly things about him, I guess just because he's outspoken, which tends to happen. So that was the uh, bell to our main card uh, recap real quick from Milan, Italy. So let's go ahead and get into our UFC 253 prelims. Uh, the first fight was, man, what a snoozer. Uh, ketis Ibragamov versus... Danilo Marquez, boy, this one was the cure for insomnia. Holy smokes. They did a lot of looking at each other, a lot of um, Danilo being on the top or on the back of Ibrahimov and doing nothing. It was really boring. I was glad it mercifully came to an end. Unanimous decision for Marquez, who hadn't fought since 2018. So that was his... That was his first UFC win. Man, that was a boring fight. Let's move forward. So uh, moving into my boys, the heavyweight division, Jeff Hughes versus Juan Espino, the uh, tough champion, himself having his first fight since then. Boy, the guy has been on the shelf for a while with a lot of injuries. Juan Espino, man, looked great. I know he's almost 40, but, dude, you couldn't tell the way he moved, the way he exploded. He had a great slam uh, on Hughes. Hughes is tough. You know, he trains with Stipe Miocic, but Juan Espino was not going to be denied. Pulled him down, got the rare scarf hold submission on Hughes in the first round. Good win for Espino. I look forward to seeing what could happen with him because, as you guys know, age isn't really as much of a factor at heavyweight as it is in some of the other divisions. So, even though he's pushing forty, he, he looked great, and I look forward to seeing what's uh, next for him. So, uh, then we moved into the gosh, William Knight man versus Alexa Kamour, uh, also a um, also a, a training partner of Stephen Miocic. William Knight, dude, you want to talk about a physique, holy smokes, the dude looks like an 80s bodybuilder or something, but, uh, you know, did a good job of shirking off the Alexi attempts at takedowns, and there was a lot of clinch work, especially early. But, dude, I definitely gave all three rounds to William Knight. He had a couple of nice takedowns, a couple of nice throws, had some decent ground and pound. Um, It was more of the same later in the fight for William Knight. So William Knight got the clear UD. I really liked him, dude. I think if he gets the right dance partner, right, I think if he gets the right guy to go against, he could be one of those fight of the night kind of guys to watch. I really look forward to – I think I see a lot of potential in the dude, and I'm looking forward to it. So All right, then moving into uh, Shane Young versus Ludwig Klein. I believe they said he was Slovakian. 116 is all it took, man. 116 in the first round. Ludwig Klein, I had picked Shane Young, but, dude, a head kick. Beautiful head kick, by the way. Led into a beautiful punch combination that's put Shane Young away. Ludwig Klein gets the big win on short notice. Shout out. Good job to him, man. Wow, that was a, that was a really impressive, impressive performance for him. Uh, moving into the tough one winner, Diego Nightmare Sanchez versus Jake Matthews. Uh, Jake got the better of all the exchanges. Diego had his moments. He had a few spots where he hit him with some nice stuff, but this was Jake Matthews from start to finish. He really busted Diego up. Um, Diego's eye was really bad. His nose was all messed up. It was a rough go for Diego Sanchez. And Jake Matthews, he did the right thing by calling out. He said, look, I just want somebody in the top 15. I beat a legend in Diego, but you know, it's time to have a little bit of a step up in competition. I like him at 170. Uh what I didn't like, and I will say this: what I didn't like was his corner calling him kid the whole time. Like, yeah, a kid, way to go, kid. Like, come on, dude. He's a you know, he's a grown-up and he's in there fighting and he's a father. Let's come on, let's give him some fucking love that way. Okay. So great win for Jake Matthews. Uh moving on to Brad Riddell versus Alexa, Alex de Silva. Um Riddell. From the beginning, I thought I was going to be able to get off with his excellent kickboxing and striking, but De Silva did a great job early with the takedowns and with top control. Riddle could not get him off of him, so I didn't know if that was going to be the uh, story for the remainder of the fight. It certainly wasn't. Riddell did a great job of adjusting, uh, did some fantastic striking on his feet. He He's a really impressive dude. I look forward to seeing him make some noise at 155, so he got the uh, unanimous decision uh, over Alex De Silva and De Silva's a good fighter, so that's a really good win. Nice feather in the cap for Brad Riddle uh, or Riddell, uh, as it were. So again, I look forward to seeing him him again down the road. Uh, City Kickboxing did a good job last night. Uh, moving into the main card, Hakeem Dawodu versus Zubaria Tukogov or Tukogov. This one, to me, it was a it was a unanimous decision for Hakeem. I had Hakeem winning rounds one and round three. With Zubaria winning the second. It came down to being a split decision. I saw a lot of people kind of talking both ways online. I I dude, I for just the eye test, I haven't even looked at the stat line on this one. But just from the eye test, I thought with, with the with the leg kicks and with the intensity and with the fire and with the pushing forward, I thought Hakeem clearly won two of those rounds. So I was kind of annoyed with the split decision. I thought it was clearly a UD, but hey, at least the right guy won. So big win for the Canadian. Uh, Hakim Dowadu over Zubari Tukagov who is um he's a good fighter to himself and we look forward to seeing him back. Uh moving into the 135 pound division with Caitlin Vieta versus Sajara Eubanks. Dude, uh I I picked against Sajara the last two times she fought, right? And she wins. So this time I pick I pick her to win and Caitlin Vieta beats her. I, again, I don't think this was a performance that either of them are going to look back on and be like, "Oh, that was the best I ever fought," but Good win for Caitlin Vieta. Um, 135 is, you know, is something that she could really ascend to. I think Shajara um, just kind of had a setback. I think she fought the wrong person. And, again, I'd like to see her go against uh, somebody else, but after a little bit of a break. She's fought a lot lately. Give herself a little bit of a break. Let her get her, you know, her battery recharged. And uh, we'll see her on when she comes back. So then moving into the what I will call the whirling dervish of the fight last night. From the flyweights, man, Kai Carr france versus Brandon Roybal. What a first round. Holy shit. It was like those cartoons, man, from when we were kids when you see the cat and the dog. And just, a, you know, insanity, a little tornado of fists and kicks. And, oh, my goodness. And takedowns and reversals. And, wow, what a first round. Both guys got dropped. It was insane. Second round, Kai Carr france made a big mistake, dude. He went in for the double. Brandon Roybal put the guillotine on. Slapped it in, locked it in. There was nowhere for Kaikar us to go. He tapped early in round two. What a submission. Just 48 seconds into round two. But man, what a first round, dude. That's one that we can all fucking put our put our fucking finger on. His that was amazing. <laughs> okay. That was fucking fun. Oh wow. I, I can't say enough about it. But uh yeah, great win for Roy Val. So uh, another another pick that I had rock on that one. Uh moving into the 205 Division Belt. Was on the line between Dom Reyes and Jan Blach Blachowicz. Uh The first round, dude, Jan Blachovic really surprised me with the body kicks. You saw, you saw Dom Reyes' rib cage afterwards, and even during it was gross how gnarly the bruising and the contusions were on the side. Jan Blachovic moved forward, did a great job, and then in the second round, the beautiful left hook started it all. Jan Blachovic knocks Dom Reyes down and and finished him. Second round TKO for Jan Blakowicz. He is your new, our new UFC light heavyweight champion. Um, I know that everybody jumped on the, it's the first champion not named John Jones or Daniel Cormier in nine years. We got it. Okay, great. Let's move forward. It's Jan Blakowicz's time. Yeah, we got a great question about what should be next for him in the Rhino Gang question, so we'll look forward to that. But once again, big congratulations to Jan. Dom Reyes did not look like the Dom Reyes that fought John Jones. Last time out, um, I'm still a fan of his. I still think he can make some noise down the road. But, yeah, this should be all about Jan going. Um, I only saw maybe about one of five people picking Jan to win this one, maybe. So, yeah, big upset. Great job for Jan Blakowicz, and uh congratulations to him. Whew. Now we're going to move into the main event, the one we've been hearing about nonstop, seeing all the clips, all the behind the scenes, all the everything. Israel, the last style better at Azanier versus Paulo Costa. Boy, this one did not live up to the hype. <laughs> I was expecting a fucking war, man. I really was. <clears throat> I thought Costa was going to come out really aggressive, and Izzy was going to counter him and move and get on his bike and, you know, pot shot him and wear Paulo out. But that's not the case. Paulo came out. He looked like he was in quicksand on his feet, dude, just slow and plodding and not throwing much. And Izzy was throwing nice quick combos and getting off and cutting Paulo open. and Dude, and at three fifty nine in round two, Izzy threw that left, uh, left hook that kind of it almost looked like it grazed Paulo on the opposite side of his face, but it was enough to knock him down. Izzy then got on, finished him up with some some G and P early. Man, just just three fifty nine in the in the in the second round. Paulo Costa is out. Israel had a sign and defends the one eighty five pound belt. There was some you know interesting stuff afterwards. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but man. Big congratulations to Israel, uh, that huge win against a very scary opponent, and you made it look easy, so big shout out to you. All righty, so that's going to lead us into finding out which Drea's drop of the night is going to be for this week. So d let's go ahead and give Drea a call and see what she's got for us on this edition of CSWR. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Rhino game. Let's go ahead and get into our Drea's Drop of the Night. We got Drea, our future play on the line. Drea, what did you choose for last night's Drea's Drop of the Night? We had a few options. So what would you go ahead and land on on uh, last night's Drop of the Night?
1: There were definitely a few, uh, but the one that really surprised me the most was Jan uh, Blachowicz. I I really thought Dom was going to take that fight, but it didn't go that way. So what happened was, 30 seconds left in round two. Both Jan and Reyes are exchanging, and Reyes leaves himself a bit open, and then Jan just blasts him with a couple of shots that rock him, and then the left hand that just wobbled his knees, and he went down. Jan finished him with uh, a couple more shots before it was called off, um, but I thought it was an absolutely beautiful knockout. Uh, so my drop of the night goes to Jan Blachowicz.
0: The new two hundred five champ, Jan Blackovic, yep. gets the big Drea's drop of the night for last night's UFC two hundred and fifty three. Um, you know, D. Reigns. I know you're not talking, but I know you can hear us. You know, Drea is famous right now. I don't know if you know this or not. Drea's selfie <laughs> last night took the oh my god Twitterverse by storm. With her,
1: <laughs> not even selfie. shut
0: up. It did. It went viral. I think. I think. By oh my play gosh. Drea is going to leave CSWR in the dust. And she's gonna start her own show. Just look at her, just just it. Just posting selfies. Yeah, posting yeah right. Selfies. <laughs> I don't think
1: so. But. Oh man. No, it was, a, it,
0: was a, it was a beautiful picture, and you deserved all Thank the attention. You. And uh, we were stoked to see it get so much traction. It was awesome. So let's go ahead and get into our main card picks for next week's fight night: Holm versus Aldana on Fight Island. With these difficult first name, I'll go ahead and I'll go ahead and try. To say <laughs> okay. First. Okay. So um, I've got. I've got Dusko Kotorovic over Daquan Townsend by unanimous decision. What about you?
1: The exact same. I'm going Dusko with uh, unanimous decision over Daquan.
0: Okay. Then we've got Tom Breeze. I got Tom Breeze beating KB Bular, which made me laugh because it makes me think of like Ferris Bueller. And I'm like, Bular. Bueller, Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> I've got Tom uh, beating KB by second round TKO in their fight. What say you feature play a draft? Um,
1: I'm actually going opposite of you on this one. I'm taking KB Bular, uh with a unanimous decision win over time.
0: You love picking undefeated. So I've definitely noticed that over time. <laughs> you are the queen of picking undefeated. Already, Then we got a very interesting one actually. I'm looking forward to this. But well, you and I were talking a little bit earlier today, uh, mm-hmm. you and I about this one. Uh, Jermaine Durandy, former uh former UFC champ going against Juliana Pena after her long layoff. So I've got Jermaine Durandamy. Uh, getting a unanimous decision, but I think it's going to be pretty close. I think when they're on the feet, Duran is going to be absolutely, you know, winning the fight. And I think if Juliana can take it to the ground, she's got the advantage there, but I think Jermaine Duran is going to get her by a unanimous decision. What's your call?
1: Um, I'm pulling for GDR as well. Uh, I think Jermaine is, is going to take it. Uh, I'm going a unanimous decision. Um, I think, I think I think she's going to outstrike her. Um, you did mention if it goes to the ground, you think Juliana uh, is going to dominate? But then I it takes me back to when GDR fought, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Nunez. Like she went with her like on the ground the entire time and didn't get submitted or anything. So I think she could hold her own either way. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going GDR, Union.
0: All right, we will have GDR for unanimous decision. Moving into my boys, the heavyweight Yorga de Castro versus Carlos. Um Felipe. Felipe. Good work. future players, right? So <laughs> I got my man Jorgen de Castro. First round KO. He's gonna knock him out, dude. First round. I can feel it. I can feel it in my bones. So Jorgen knocks out Carlos. First round KO for Jorgen De Castro. What about you?
1: I'm feeling a KO for Jorgen De Castro as well, but I'm I'm picking round two. I think he's I think it's gonna be a clean KO.
0: All righty. Then moving into our main event, Irene Aldana versus Holly Holm, the, we'll call her the queen of getting title shots, Holly Holm. Right. <laughs> Former 135 <laughs> pound champion. Uh, she will always hold a place in my heart for knocking out Rhonda in Australia the way that she did. But uh, clearly, Holly Holmes, I think her best days are probably behind her. Irene Aldana is kind of on that upward trajectory, I think. I think it's a good fight. I think it's going to be a close fight. I think Holly Holm. We'll do a lot of the one-two, then kios, you know, and then Irina Aldana has her skill set, too. I got Irina Aldana winning by split decision. I think it's going to be very close, but I got Irina Aldana winning by split decision. What about you?
1: Oh, that's funny. I, I'm i going a split decision as well, but for Holly Holm. I think it's going <laughs> to be a really close fight. Um, they're going to go at it, and I'm taking a split decision for Holly.
0: All righty. So we have split deci- dueling split decisions on the main event for mm-hmm. which always makes it fun. Because just like last night, feature Play Andre and I were talking mad shit to each other <laughs> over text <laughs> what was going on, uh, which is always really fun. So I'm stoked that we have different opinion on that one. All right, yeah. let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get into our Twitter questions today. Um, I know my first one comes from my dear friend Jess, also known as the Scream Queen Supreme, my girl Jess <laughs> at Renee Jess. What do you got this week, Jess? Costa
1: didn't even seem to attempt to engage like he wanted to save his gas tank but also looked drained do you think he'd benefit from moving up a weight class
0: yeah I I absolutely do Jess I think Paulo cuts so much weight it has got to affect him on fight night I mean I know we've seen him uh, go rounds before again I just think that moving up to, to 205 would benefit him in a lot of ways we all know the dude cuts like 30 pounds or more i mean i'm not even sure if it's you know if it's even just 30. the 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 thing about it is, i think
1: it was like 55. right it's
0: it's insane he was 230.
1: yeah he was 230.
0: (laughs) there's no reason he should be doing that to deplete himself i don't know if that was the reason why he looked like he was walking in uh mud last night or not but he just wasn't he was yeah he wasn't his normal self last night that's for sure but again I think 205 is a better spot for him. As we get older, it's harder and harder to cut weight, particularly a lot of weight. So I think it'd be a much better place for him to go is uh, the 205 pound division. So that's what I got on that one. So thank you very much, Jess. Um, I know our next one comes from my homie Cyrus King. That's Cyrus King. What do you got for us this week, my dude?
1: Would you say Izzy is the best striker in MMA today?
0: Yeah, for my money, if you're talking best overall striker, it's Izzy. Punches, kicks, knees, timing, distance, angles. He's got them all. The one knock on his striking that i definitely like to see him kind of is be more aggressive. We've seen him, you know, against Anderson. We've seen him at times where he just doesn't want to lead the dance, but he's got all the tools to do that. So, again, yes, to answer your question, yes, for me, he is the best overall striker uh, at the highest level of MMA right now. Again, the only knock on him for me for a striking, in particular, I would like to see him be more of a uh, move forward and implement all of his incredible sharp weapons that he has. So, great Instead question. Instead of he, like
1: a counter
0: striker, he seems exactly. To he's all the time that right. Yeah. Yeah. He's all the time that he's so good. It works he, for him you know, though. <laughs> it, apparently, it does. I would say you know if you, you got to critique anything, Dre, we got to be you know.
1: I know. Like, God, <laughs> I know.
0: So thank you, Cyrus King, the king of food porn on MMA Twitter, our dude, our good friend. And uh, yeah, definitely Cyrus. Thank you very much. righty. This one was actually the one that I took the longest time on thinking about my dude from up in Canada, Rage of Sweet Potato. What do you got for us this week, brother?
1: The year is 2022. You're at a live UFC event in Las Vegas. Tanner Bozard, Derek Lewis, Alistair Overeem, and Alexi Olenek are all fighting on the card, and one of them has had their opponent drop out. Dana has offered you 100 k to fight one of them on four hours' notice. Who are you fighting, and what's your strategy?
0: Okay, before I get into this, I do have to tell a quick story. So uh, my, my dear homie Bruce, who lives out in Grand Rapids, a long time in the uh, in the boxing scene, promoter matchmaker great great guy behind the scenes of boxing he told me a story about i want to say this was in the early 80s about a, a, an event that he was at where a, a uh an opponent got sick or whatever there was some dispute pulled out of the fight from in the dressing room like an hour before he was supposed to fight they saw another pro fighter who they abused in the audience eating a hot dog so they were like, well, he fought like three months ago. He's probably still licensed. Everything's still probably for the So they went out and offered him a certain amount of money. And he was wearing his street clothes. And he was, you know, he was dressed up and looking nice. I had a lady friend with him. And he was like, all right, I'll do it. I want this amount of money. So they gave him, you know, they said, yes, we'll give you that amount of money. He said, Plus 425 for the hot dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they gave it to him. They paid for his hot dog. And the dude went out and had a, uh, I think it was a six-round decision loss. But, man, I love that story. So you want to talk about that? that was the quickest of quick notice <laughs> I've ever heard. The <laughs> latest of late notice I've ever heard of that actually happened. So, yeah, dude, I thought about this one for a while, raging. I'm going with Alexi Olenek. My strategy is, because I'm a straight-up boxer, would just be to jab and try to stay away for as long as I could. Look for a big body shot, probably because uh, he's proven he can take a lot of damage in the head. That dude, Boster is, is too quick for me. Derek Lewis and the Reem are probably too big and strong, especially now. Like, I'm 6'1", 285-ish, so I'd be bigger. And I'm actually younger than Alexi, so he's the one I would pick. So I would try to stay away from him, try to use my jab, look for a big opening, because you know, the moment that he grabbed me, I would be on a one-way ticket to Submissionville with no return. (laughs) He put me in some sort of choke, put my leg over my head, put me in a pretzel. Who knows? But Alexi Olenek would dominate me in any sort of grappling exchange. So, yeah, dude, definitely Alexi Olenek. Definitely still give myself about a 1% or 2% chance of winning. And, uh, yeah, that that was a great question, dude. But I'd certainly take my 100K home happily (laughs) uh, from that fight. So thank you very much, my friend. That was a great question. What do you think about that, Andrea?
1: I loved it. I had a feeling that's who you were going to go with.
0: (laughs) Yeah, look at the other guys. (laughs) I know. The guy who has the least amount of a chance of separating my head from my body. Yeah, exactly. I'm probably
1: that's who it. you go with.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so feature play, Andrea, man, we have got ourselves a ton of voice questions. So I'm going to go ahead and dive right into those. Thank you so much for knocking it out of the park once again this week. Congratulations on your amazing breaking the Internet with your amazing selfie. You are an integral part of your show. We couldn't do it without you. You are the key member of the Rhino gang, 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 gang. And we love you very much over here. We hope you have a great rest of the week.
1: All right. Thanks. See you next week.
0: You betcha. Hey, Rhino gang. Are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey. How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration, they got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done, they got you there too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, kandrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhinos, proud sponsor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk to our boys' questions. I know my first one comes from my dear homie, the Doc. We're to That's been his nickname for a long time. He's been like my best friend since we were 14. Um, he's just recently kind of gotten in an MMA, which is so awesome. So, uh, Doc, what's your first question? It's a banger, dude. Hey, Rhino. It's your boy, Doc. A first-time caller, long-time listener. In the spirit of school starting, I do have a question for you. Um, if you were the dean of Combat Sports College, a school for all things combat sports, who would you hire for faculty members? What classes would they teach? Referee 101, Fight Promotion 101, Ring Girls 101, um, etc. Uh, What are your admission requirements, the location, tuition, etc.? Um, Have fun with it. Have fun with the question. Take care and stay safe, and I hope I make it into the show. Holy smokes, Doc! What a great question to lead off your question asking career on CSWR with, dude. So this was awesome. Uh, yeah, here are my professors for MMA University. Uh, for Br- Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, I got Damien Maya for sure. Muay Thai, uh, Professor Anderson Silva. <laughs> for boxing for MMA is Dustin the Diamond Poirier. Uh, for wrestling, as wrestling itself, as Olympic style wrestling, I got Daniel Cormier. For MMA wrestling, I've got GSP. Ring card girls, Rochelle Leah, the OG. Um, I loved her for a very long time. (laughs) Rochelle Leah, dude. Uh, Coaching, uh, Duke Rufus and Trevor Whitman, or be who I'd hire as the professors of coaching. For ground and pound, the ground and pound 101, I got Habib Forsher. Submissions, Charles Oliveira, no-brainer, most in UFC history. The strength and conditioning coach, Francis... The Predator Ngannou, hardest puncher in the history of the goddamn sport. Yeah, man, the world, by the way. Yeah, I'm going Francis and Ghanu. Um, I think there should be a specific uh, female professor for the female fighters because it's just different. There's different things to navigate. There's different things to learn about and know about. So an experienced fighter to be like the female professor for the female fighters who are going to take the other classes too. But I just mean as a specific thing, you got to go the GOAT. Amanda Nunez, bilingual, greatest female fighter of all time. I think it's pretty much a no-brainer on that one, too. So Amanda Nunez for that one. So those are my answers for uh, MMA University. What a great question, Doc. I appreciate you, sir. I know our next one comes from the homie Kairos from the Shots Fired Pod. What do you got for us this week, Kairos? Hey, guys. What is up? It is Kairos. I have a serious question for you. We saw Israel Adesanya talking about people needing to be held more accountable for missing the weight. I understand that people think that 30% is good enough and it's all about pay the fighters because Dana White isn't necessarily doing what he can to pay them to the best of their ability. But we gotta, we gotta have some more stringent, like repercussions for missing weight. If you aren't gonna go into their pocket, it needs to be like a point deduction before the fight starts or they start in a less dominant position or some sort of recourse. What do you think? Am I going over the top? Cause if I was in charge, I'd be like, nah, you lose 50% and we deduct a point. And if you wanna miss five pounds, you starting on your back. (laughs) That's what I would do. Tell me if I'm wrong. I probably am. But what would you do if you were like that face the UFC in a fighter miss weight? What type of repercussions would you put in effect? Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. Ah, the miss weight question, dude, for me, it's broken down. Like if you, if you miss uh, one time, it should be like a warning, the traditional no penalty, but from your second time on, or if you miss by two pounds or more, more than two times. Now, again, let me let me preface this by saying I am not counting people who take things on short notice of three weeks or less. This does not apply to them. But if you, if you miss by two pounds or more, more than one time, you have to move up a weight class, period. You have to move up a weight class or you are cut. Part two is I think the per situation is okay at 30%, but I'm in 1,000% agreement, dude. Two pounds or more over a point deduction. Uh, you you know, the first time, every time a point deduction, two pounds or more over. Absolutely. I don't, I don't want to take the purse completely away from the other fighter, because I think that would lead to a lot of fights getting canceled uh, when fighters miss weight. And I don't want to take the fight uh, opportunity away from their opponent who did everything right. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't want them who already had an eight or 10 or 12 week camp who cut all the way, who did everything right. I don't want them to not be able to fight because that's, that's completely unfair. So uh, yeah, I'm fine with the purse being 30%, but I also definitely agree. The one-point deduction, if it happens more than one time, of two pounds or more over, absolutely. So great question. If you guys don't already, absolutely check out the uh, Shots Fired podcast. It's a- absolutely fantastic, which Kairos is on. So uh, and my fellow Michiganiac dude, I really appreciate you. All right, moving into the big homie, Jim soon. What do you got this week after you call us casuals, which I'm sure you're going to do, Jim? What do we got this week, buddy?
1: What's going on, A bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and the Rhino gang, hope you all doing well. My question for you this week is, uh, who should be Jan's first title defense? I'd love to see Jan come back and fight him, because he promised he'd fight him, but who knows if that's going to happen. So, that's my question for you. Who's Jan's first title defense? You think? You
0: know, it's always four twenty base. Oh, uh, great question, Jim. Uh, for me, Jan's first title defense should be the winner of Thiago Santos, Marietta and Glover Teixeira when they fight, which you know hopefully will be soon and no more COVID. Uh, no more COVID tests for either of those guys to, to come back positive. That 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 is a loss, and I think it's going to be Marietta Santos. You know, if I'm being honest, so. Uh Santos and yan fought in 2019. Santos stopped yan in the third round by TKO to punches. I'm sure that's a fight that yan would like to get back. People always like to see a champion, you know, avenge his losses. I think that story writes itself. yan versus uh Tiago. Should Tiago beat uh Glover in their next fight? So yeah, that's what's next for him for me, dude. That's what I got. And I think that's gonna be a great fight with a lot of um a lot of fun exchanges to be honest. So yeah, dude, that's for me. So thank you so much, Jim soon. And we will talk to you, hopefully, here from back from you next week. All I know our next one comes from G from the fabulous WOCast as well. Now, what does G have for us this week?
1: Hi, Rhino. This is Gina from G-Spot MMA on Twitter and from the Wocast Shots Fired. How are you? And I hope all is well. I know for a fact that you used to be a boxer because you talk about it all the time and you know I'm hella nosy. Can you compare yourself to a present day boxer or maybe in the past that has a similar fighting style to you so that I get a clear idea of what kind of boxer your big ass was? Love you, love the show, and I love your support for my podcast, and I just love your positive energy on the show, online, and you really are truly a gem to our community, really, seriously, and keep up the good work. Love you.
0: Oh, first off, G, thank you very much for your kind words. It really made me get all up in my feels, which I appreciate. Uh, To answer your question, my boxing idol is James Lights Out Tony, has been since I was a kid. When I first got into boxing like he's widely considered one of the best defensive boxers of all time particularly in the higher weight classes dude his elusiveness his slipping his arm placement fantastic defensive fighter I wanted to emulate his style after you know a couple of fights in the amateurs I figured out I wasn't going to be great at that (laughs) so I kind of turned into a straight ahead brawler who really just tried to focus I tried to focus on making my jab a really damaging jab Not a range finder or a point accumulator, but something that really hurts you, that knocks you backwards. Um, So for me, if I had to say it would be somebody from the past, it would probably be uh, like I'd be like an off brand George Foreman. Right. Uh, Nowhere near as talented. Right. But probably that's as good of a comparison as I come up with, because I loved to have my jab be a really damaging weapon. So, yeah, for me, that's and that's what big George Foreman did, too. Uh, I remember hearing a story that uh, another fighter that he had fought compared it to having somebody holding railroad ties above their head and smashing them in the face for his jam. So, yeah, definitely for me. And, again, I, I really appreciate your kind words, G. Uh, again, if you guys don't already, absolutely check out the Shots Fire pod with Mike, G, Kairos, and Jasanga. It is awesome. It is phenomenal. Thank you, Genji. Love you very much, my friend. All righty, next we got Juice from the Fight With Myself podcast. I know he's fired up, folks. Buckle up for this one. Juice, what do you got this week, my dude?
2: We did it, baby. Israel
0: Wala Femi Wala Bia Beat the shit. Beat the dog shit out of Paulo Costa for weeks, dude. For weeks. Months. I heard a Oh, king of bitches gonna get skinny clowns. Get the fuck out of here, are you lames? Anyway, Rhino. You were not one of them, so I don't know why I just went off like that. But I had this energy; I can't, I can't just let it go. Uh, I want to uh, ask you a question. In your humblest opinion,
2: what is Israel Adesanya's ceiling? Because many thought Paulo Costa would be his toughest
0: test, and he made it look like light work. He dismantled him. There really was a masterclass performance. You know, Paulo did not get like one punch. I mean, I think he literally did get one punch. But what do you think? Uh, Izzy's ascension will, will rise, too. Love you, man. Love the show. Yeah, buddy. All recency bias aside, I think Izzy can really go on like an Anderson or a DJ type of title defense run. His skill set and the is amazing, obviously. The minimal damage that he usually takes lends itself to a long run at the top of 185. Uh, there are some really good fighters. I think Cannoneer is probably going to be next, and he's a, a dude. He hits like a truck. We all know I think this would be a great fight, but I still think Izzy has this thing, this intangible thing that's going to get him through uh, some fights very easily, like last night, and other fights that are wars, like Kelvin was. So I see him going on a pretty long, like I said, Anderson Spider Silva or Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson type of run at the top of 85. That's a great question, dude. Thank you so much. You guys should definitely check out my Man Juice at the Funny With Myself podcast already. Next, I know we got the Einstein of graphic design. My homie, the man who produces the greatest fight posters in the history of the biz, my man Dave Fretz. What do you got for us this week, Dave? Hi, Rhino. Hey, what's up, Rhino? This is Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz, and at Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Crazy last night, man. Loved the result of the main event. Um, Actually, co-main as well, too. Uh, To be honest with you, I thought that Rez was going to show up. Differently in that, but man, Jan looked really, really good. And uh, listening to his post-fight interview afterwards was awesome. Really, really like that dude. Um, I want to ask about uh, Izzy's post-fight antics, the humping. Um, I love Adesanya. I think that was so uncalled for. Um, yeah, I just want to get your take on that. And, uh, I mean, there's there's finishing guy and then there's that. And I uh, I just... Too much for me, anyways. Man, love the show, love you. Talk soon, peace. Hi, Judah, the CSWR awesome mascot. Hope you're having a great weekend, there, buddy. So, Dave, uh, dude, I'm not gonna signal out Izzy for last night's post fight celebration and the you know what he did on Paulo Coase's back because there, but I will say this overall, I, I we've all seen this many a time with the post fight celebration turning into something else whether it's being disrespectful to the corner of the other of the other fighter who you fought or you know we saw incidents of people jumping out of cages and not just Habib you know Connor did it <clears throat> I don't like that dude I, I i want people to feel good and feel relieved and feel excited and feel stoked they just want to fight on the biggest stage that there is uh particularly a title fight for peace sakes but uh you can celebrate with your team you can talk about how great the fight was you can talk about all sorts of things. I don't see the need for disrespect in our sport, whether that is fake humping somebody from behind, whether that is, um, you know, jumping in somebody's face or yelling at them. I mean, we've seen it a lot. I, I don't see the need for it. I'd like to I'd like to hope that all bygones can be kind of be bygones after you guys have fought because, yeah, I get trash talk and I get things go too far with what's said uh, and I get wanting to be like, I told you, motherfucker, blah, blah, blah. Like, I understand the reasoning behind it. For me, just as personally, I would love to see it become a little bit less of that and a little bit more of, look, I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to be respectful. Let the past be the past. Water under the bridge. Let's move forward. That's kind of my take on it. I think you're kind of the same way. So great question, Dave. If you guys don't already, check out Dave at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. The guy puts together the greatest, most fire posters in graphic design. MMA world, baby. Love him. Love the dude. Dave Fretz, big shout out to you, my friend. So, whoo. Now we got ourselves quite the interview with my man, Mr. Highlight, Andre Yule, fighting out of Riverside, California, UFC bantamweight. He was awesome, so nice, so cool. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Without further ado, let's check out Mr. Highlight, Andre Yule, going 10 rounds with Rhino. Ladies and gentlemen out there in Podcast Land, we've got ourselves a very special treat today coming off of his, what we'll say, what should have been a unanimous decision, but was a split decision win last Saturday future contender for the belt. I'm sure of it. You're sure of it. If you've seen him fight, you know I'm right. UFC bantamweight, Andre, Mr. Highlight. You, how are you today, sir? I
2: am wonderful. Juan, thank you for having me. I yes. actually appreciate the, you know, the love. makes me
0: feel have got that <laughs> We've got that overflowing over here at CSWR, my man. So, Andre, as my listeners know, dude, I love to start out the – Interviews. I love to hear the backstory. It's always so interesting to me uh, to find out how you guys, how different people got into it in different ways. So, how did you first get into mixed martial arts?
2: Ah, uh, my pops forced it on me.
0: We moved <laughs> around a lot.
2: <laughs> no, we moved around a lot. It was one of those situations where um, you gotta learn to, to defend yourself. It, no matter how you look at it, it was a, a tough uh, growing up and. My, uh, best of my pops was already a fighter. My mom was a fighter. Everybody in my dang family was a fighter. So it's kind of like, Hey, either you're going to fight or you're going to drown or put it like this. You're going to either swim or you're going to drown. Right. And, and I wasn't the best swimmer, but your boy was out there, literally out there battle or
0: uh, uh, dog pedaling. So, yeah. there you go. <laughs> well, you're talking to somebody else. who's not the best swimmer in the world. So you and I are in the same boat on that one, my friend, hey. uh, you and I, you and I talked about it a little bit off air. Uh, your last fight versus the very tough, I don't want to take anything away from him, Erwin Rivera, uh, was another was another win for you. Uh, I clearly, and I even said it on my show, I had it as a clear 30-27 win. Um, pretty much the vast majority of people were like, what was that one judge looking at to see it as a split? But what was your takeaway from the fight?
2: Uh, truth be told, one, don't leave it up to the judges. And I clearly tried to do the best, but uh, circumstances of my right forearm ended up leading me into that direction. I definitely do feel like I won all three rounds, and anybody that feels like they want to argue, you guys know where you guys can end up finding me. Where we just <laughs> know, but hey, but truth be told, like off the situation, um, I get it. It was a close fight, and at the end of the day, anytime that a fight goes to the judges, it's always going to be a, a, a tough and close fight. You know, just like how we ended up seeing, I won all. You know, it should have been a unanimous, unanimous, unanimous decision last week. But one judge gave it to my opponent, you know, uh, at the end of the day, when it comes to the judges or people judging, period, only three uh, judges um, opinions matter. And it's the ones that are sitting uh, around the octagon and you never know what they're looking at. So the way I look at it is don't leave it up to the judge. Finish the fight. And that's why I take every round like it's the first round. Cause I'm trying to finish the fight.
0: Sure. Uh, You actually have had three split decisions in your last uh, handful of fights, dude. And you, thankfully, you've come out on top of all three. Uh, But to me, again, I, I look back, I've seen them all anyway. But in researching and watching them again, I'm like, he won every single one of those fights. There was no rhyme or reason to me that they should have been split decisions. Do you think that I don't know that people aren't giving you enough credit for the, the steam on your punches or your your kicks. Do you have any idea why this could be? Because to me, it's been clear as day that you've won all three every time.
2: Uh, it's awesome to me. Everybody knows what's the truth and what's actually behind it. But then again, it's you got to think about it. I'm a, I'm a fan of um, uh, stand up, right? I love yeah. stand up. As in, if you go up into a kick and do stand up, that's what I'm looking at, you know? um then you have other uh fighters that love wrestling they don't like they don't like standing up you got other ones that are just like um you know jiu-jitsu they don't like all that stand-up or wrestling like it so if you get two opponent where well, one is just automatically throwing hands and the other opponent ends up taking them down and that one judge's mindset that ends up lacking wrestling just gave you an extra few points just off that one takedown so low-key, you might actually have an even round, or to the fact that you might be winning the round into that one judge's eyes. So at the end of the day, we can't get mad at other people's opinions. We definitely can. Because you know, like uh like I you ended up saying, uh basically the Rivera, uh Martinez, and Dos Santos, I believe. Or it was hitting and
0: Barals. yeah.
2: Yeah, the brow. Like we already know I beat Hen and yeah. know that i beat Brown. Even Brazil, yeah. too, I beat Brown, <laughs> exactly you know but that one judge was basically playing that let me be nice because it's hen and Brown and then everybody knows when you go to Brazil there's like a little lining of don't go to the judges because if you go to the judges you'll lose but yeah they, there's one of those situations you just couldn't do and you had to give me the um give give me the fight and that's the same thing when it came to uh Martinez like hey I beat him no matter i end up flipping the coin. Just as like I was in people sit there and say "Yeah, he had me hurt, I had him just hurt. I had a, if you gave me or if I said my both arms um working and it wasn't broke, I would have finished Martinez in the first round, or it, it doesn't lead that definitely doesn't lead the second. But hey, si- uh, situations happen where I have to end up uh, adapting and reconstructing um situations for myself. And that's what ended up leading into that. It was a close fight because I was fighting him with one arm. That's only what happened. And then this last one, like I said, we already knew I won. And then, granted, I thought I won all three rounds, but um people's opinions can end up changing. Um, simple. So at the end of the day, don't leave it up to the judges.
0: Right, um, and, th- and thankfully you came out on top of all three, which was the result. At the end of the day, the right guy won, the right person won. It was you know, just as a fan, it's a little frustrating to watch. But we you know we could talk all day about as the Diaz brothers <laughs> were called, those funny judges' decisions. So funny we just uh, <laughs> so we just talked about Head and brow a little bit. Uh, he one-time UFC bantamweight champion of the world. He was on everybody's top pound for pound, you know, top five, top ten list for a while there tell us about that fight do you consider that to be the biggest one of your career
2: uh yeah in my opinion no because the sad thing is i didn't know who he who he was when i uh i fought him like everybody else did and everybody in my corner um excuse me oh everybody else in my corner ended up knowing who he was but me i didn't watch tapes so i wasn't wasn't really into the ufc my mind was as soon as i started was hey Boxing ain't going right because it's about who you know. And UFC was something that I knew I was, like, really granted with the gift of fighting, you know, in the octagon type thing. So uh, when I pushed it, I literally watched no tape. I barely started watching tapes about two, three fights ago. About three fights ago. I think it was okay. it's, uh, Tito Vera is when I actually started watching tapes, like, you know. And and then that kind of, like, backed me off because I think I took that fight a little too serious Type thing, so it kind of like led me into yeah, having an exciting fight, but it was one of those where my mind was at, like you know. But yeah, I think enough floating as in if we re- uh, redo that fight, which we are going to and which it has to happen, that I'm, I'm, I'm automatically breaking uh, Chito Barra. I'm just simply saying,
0: rematch and break it. Gotcha. Yeah, there's two trains of thought on watching tape. You know, some people say they like it so they can learn tendencies and try to find some insight. And then other ones say, I don't like watching my opponent beat people up. Every time they're fighting, that's going to kind of mess with my mind as far as you know making the guy better that he is, you know, being presented. So uh, I could definitely see both sides of that coin. Uh, so your gym, Apex MMA in Riverside, California, Andre. This is this is a gym that may be kind of flying below the radar for maybe a lot of MMA fans. What can you tell us about why you chose to train at the Apex MMA in Riverside and kind of what's what's been going on there? Like who are you coaching, who are you training with over there? How are things going over there in Apex MMA?
2: Well, one, uh, the name has changed to Carlson Gracie. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think they, uh, like, really updated on anything at the moment. But, yes, Carlson Gracie, uh, to be honest, they ended up, like, fixing and moving and putting everything together to basically build a better me. Um, Because, like, granted, uh, they're over saying, like, oh, I didn't have, like, the best ground game, but not knowing that I had a bucket tear. And it kind of stopped me from, like, actually using the ground game and our ground work. So basically it was one of the situations just to work to get up and everything, but I actually was really good at submitting or active with wrestling and all this other stuff. It's just with a bucket MCL tear, you can, you're only limited to do so much. And, and so since with that whole situation, it was all about striking, but now I got everything worked on and surgerized that everything that, that I've been working on and with the, the basically the, the Jets coach, that uh, came in, um, Professor Sean, uh, ended up taking my JITS my, uh, level up to a whole new level and I'm still making progress and flowing up um, in the direction that it kind of like fits and I'm able to actually show everybody. Like, think about how many uh, takedown or, or take defenses that I ended up stopping
0: right. last week. And,
2: right. and not only that, I even threatened, uh, threatened a few chokes and at the same time taking this back and and it was one of those situations I even uh shot into a uh arm triangle, but uh, you know, it was it was late timing on the situation. So yeah. I but at the end of the day, progress at the gym, it's amazing. It's growing. I have uh uh amazing teammates, uh amazing coaches, and then all outside of it, you know, I have my uh my brother and cousin that have uh, been definitely like pushing me and so everything ends up floating where your boy is automatically just developing and uh, becoming a better fighter.
0: day by Oh, yeah, that's awesome. That sounds like a great support system, not only in the gym, but out of it. Uh, Andre, as, you know, I love to get into the mind of fighters, kind of see what else is going on about them, not just about the fight life. So what are some of the things outside of the cage and outside of training that you like to do? I mean, are you a video game guy? Are you uh, are you, uh, you know, an outdoorsman? What are some of the things like hobby wise that you like to do to spend your time when you're not training?
2: Well, since the whole pandemic happened, it's like everything kind of got shut down because, like, everything I want to do, it's, like, hand-touched and all that other stuff. It's like rollerblading, or my bad, not blading, um, blading, but skating, roller skating, and um, and bowling. I am a huge fan at it. I am really good at it. I can do it. Um, It's one of those situations where when everything reopens up, I will be definitely back over there, definitely doing that. And I also am a big fan of pool, Uh. And, you know, obviously taking long walks on the beach.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we got a we no, romantic,
2: romantic over here. <laughs> you really get real, like, hey. But no, uh, if, if I'm not walking on the beach, I end up doing, like, the driving the coast though, uh, Like, once a week or twice out of the month, uh, one or the other. I do like uh, driving the coast. It's it's very fun and very mind not mind-blowing type thing for your boy sure
0: and you know you have what a what a view that you have in the area of the world that you live in dude you can't get much better than that now i do have to preface what i'm about to say is like everything you just mentioned i am terrible at i'm the worst (laughs) pool player you've ever seen and i'm one of the worst bowlers ever saw i don't think i've tried roller skating since like you know you go to like a birthday party in the eighth grade and you try to yeah. get to you try to get the skate dance with the with the girl you like. I think that's the last time I tried it. I wasn't very good at that either. So uh, yeah, there's three <laughs> things that you would definitely outshine me on for sure. So, dude, when you are training or when you're uh, even just hanging out, what are some of the things on the playlist that you got rocking right now? Like who who's getting real heavy rotation on uh, on Mr. Highlights' playlist these days?
2: Uh definitely. I'm gonna go with <clears throat> excuse me, walk cardi b and make it sure, right now. sure. yes just, sir I just, I just i just love it like you know uh, it's it's amazing music but uh from beyond that it's like uh i've been uh, jamming to a lot of uh, african music and definitely i am a full 70s slash 80s uh type of guy and at the same time you got maroon 5 that gets played in my ear uh basically i i have like a situation where I'm like in all type of genres, I'm like left and right. But some people do be like commenting on me because I'd be like listening to slow music and they'd be like, what are we listening to? And I'd be like, we're listening to something that me have to catch my rhythm. Yeah, you, know? <laughs> like you gotta have like multiple rhythms because you never know, like in the middle of fights, like you might have to end up changing it up or they'll force you to change. You might have to go with their rhythm, the break their rhythm or, you know. So anything within that category, I have that mindset as in this sport is a rhythm type thing and you have some people have their own rhythm you have your rhythm and when they try to clash it's whose rhythm actually fits the uh, the harmony type thing you know so it kind of yeah turns absolutely. Through, it kind of turns into jazz or instruments in a way i look at it but it's it becomes a uh, fun with the mind yeah
0: dude that's a very cool way of looking at it no i uh I definitely agree with you, and I understand what you're saying exactly. Um, when when can you – like, can you tell us anything about when we can expect or hope to see you back in the cage? I mean, obviously, you look like you weren't even in a fight last week. I mean, you, you got no bruising, no swelling, no nothing, smiling, looking good, feeling good. Do we have any see, idea like when make,
2: we're gonna... – <laughs> me feel like a real treater out of here, man, a real treat. No, I, I want to fight this weekend, like, but uh, expecting, like, <laughs> I'm just waiting for uh, – uh, my manager to honestly talk with uh, the matchmaker, make uh, sure like everything's like put in um, place. Because right now we're like another contract, and so that's where the mindset's on. And as soon as I get fits, try to get me right back in. Because uh, granted, like Nevada suspended me for thirty days, but I know there's like wiggle room where I'm still able to might be able to still fight or fight uh, in a different country. Like as right now, I'm trying to fight on Fight Island. So yeah. if I believe there's five more uh, five weeks. Uh, including this one, so there will to be four. Only thing I, I want to be is sometime next month. Anything in October that lands me on Fight Island now be awesome. And I'm I'm trying to get, end up fighting twice or uh, two more times this month or this
0: year. Wow, dude, that's fantastic. You're trying to stay real, real busy. And that's exactly what that's exactly what you should do if you come out of a fight with a win and no injury, minimal injuries. You know what I'm saying? I think that's a great idea because, you know, it's harder yeah. to uh, like I talked with Mike Rodriguez, UFC light heavyweight last week. And it's it's so much harder to get back into shape than it is to stay in shape. Right. So yes, if you're true. already ready to go, shit put me on the plane let's fucking scrap, dude. That's what I'm saying. So I'm echoing that <laughs> for sure. Um, I always have to have a food question, Andre, in all of my 10 rounds of Rhinos, because I just love them. They're always so interesting. So in this one, I'm going to be real specific. What, when Mr. Highlight is, is, is feeling that sweet tooth, when it's time for some sugar, for some not-so-good-for-you stuff, what of the sweet tooth are you choosing when it's time for Andre Yule to have something sweet?
2: Oh, chocolate chocolate cupcake, hoices. Like, you know, the hoistness. I, I love the hoistness. Like, literally, I, I got a phone call from a uh, lady, and she was like, oh, we want to get you? I was like, You already know, chocolate cupcakes. Hoistest. Make sure that, that they're there when I get back. So, and to be honest, like, as soon as we get off, I'm about to end up uh, jumping over there and eating one. I promise.
0: Oh, is that right? <laughs> hoistness. Oh, dude, I love it. Yeah, anything chocolate, I'm a sucker for myself. So, uh, Andre, we have careened our way into the 10th round. Now, the 10th round with Rhino, sir. It's always a wild card. It's always crazy. You gotta put your thinking cap on, which I don't think will any be any problem for you. Thinking outside the box, and here we go. So, there are there are two things that I came up with. One, would you rather? Now I'm hoping that you know this song. So the song by Soldier Boy called "Crank That" uh, has a part where, yes, sir, where he goes, <laughs> "You." I think no. that one option, right? One option should be that it's re-recorded. And it's you. And then you come out to that. So that's <laughs> one option. The other thing I thought of was, or would you rather, a children's book that comes out where you, Patrick Ewing, former other NBA player, UA Blopp, are go on our are, are team, right? And it's it's you, Ewing, and you go on an adventures, and you guys have a talking mascot friend who's a magical talking sheep, which is also known as a you. So you've got Ewing yule and ua with their pet mascot you going on adventures it's a children's book it would outsell harry potter i'm telling you right now i think that adventure series would be fantastic what about you
2: what about me i i I will go ahead and say i definitely agree i I feel like it'll be out there uh top selling over the jungle book (laughs) <laughs> <hear the> thing? <laughs> that's all i was think- thinking of right now when you said it I'm like that's straight Jungle book man that's
0: like a straight Jungle book we're going uh, out I
2: like that kids, I just thought it's,
0: exactly I just thought it'd be so fun man you got the three names that are similar then you got the you got the sheep that's a, that's also called the U everybody's U names I think it would have a it would have a flair it would have a pop to it it would be fun and it would be you guys would go on adventures all over the world and oh dude I just thought it'd be cool so yeah so I'm just that? so I'm clear you are on board for the absolute correction correction of instead of you it's yule in soldier Boy's song that's we were on board with this yes sir (laughs) and then the creation of the said children's book with everybody with the uw names right yeah straight out dude uh, how do you not love this guy rhino gang i mean this guy is so funny so cool such a badass fighter he's a great fucking example of what we're looking for with uh, the, kind, the kind of fighter we can all be proud of and, and look forward to. Andre, I want to let you know I really, really appreciate you coming by and spending 10 rounds with Rhino today. Mr. Highlight, man, we hope to see you sometime in October on Fight Island, my dude.
2: Oh, that's exactly where we're going to be at with a smile. That's <laughs> my 99 I'm putting someone to sleep. You feel me? There you go. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah that is a million-dollar smile you got there, my friend. Well, I really appreciate you, and we look forward to uh, talking to you next time after one of your next fights. Awesome.
2: Hey, everybody, this is Andre Ewell, Mr. Highlight. I just went 10 rounds with the Rhino.
0: Dude, how cool is that guy? I mean, he could be nicer. He's got a, a million-dollar smile. Great fighter, great person. I love getting to know him a little bit better on this episode. So thank you very much again, Andre. So big shout-outs to my Rhino gang who contributed this week. The homie Doc. My my man Cairo, some shots fired. Jim Assoon, calling us casuals as per usual. Wouldn't have that other way. My girl Gina G-Spot. From the fighting with My, from the fighting with myself, <laughs> sorry juice. From the woke ass slash shots fired pod, she's amazing. Lover. juice from the fighting with myself podcast, the singing podcaster, if you will. My homie Dave Frets, rage the Sweet Potato, Cyrus Quig, Cyrus King. I call him Quing for some reason. My girl, the s- Scream Queen Supreme Jess, as well as all the other homies of the Rhino Game, Pokemama, Mike Morgan, Lana Brown, Marquise from Week Sauce Radio, the bros of the MCCI, Trouble, Mr. B, Antonio, Scott Nolan, my dude, Miss Fight Diva, Chelsea and Delilah from the TKO Pod, both the lovely Pamela's, both the master of astrology and hair, and the emu aficionado. <laughs> I love that. Uh, APB, unsolicited, Actually, them, a main nerd, my broski Raymond, and everybody who listens every week. Who gives us support online who gives us the numbers they just keep going up and up and up i cannot tell you every time how much i appreciate that we had a great week last week with mike rodriguez slow make rodriguez we hope to have another one with andre yule thank you guys so much for participating of course drea d reigns and dave frets my version of triple d no guy fietti in this version this is my version this is the right getting drea d reigns and dave frets for all your hard work every week love you guys Be safe, everybody out there. Black Lives Matter. Love you guys. We'll see you next week. Cage Side!